You're listening to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, hosted by Blake Murphy 7 and Johnny Touchdown. All about your Arizona Cardinals. Hello, welcome into the Revenge of the Birds podcast. This is Blake Murphy on Twitter at Blake Murphy 7. You can follow us at ROTB Pod. And we have a uh, special uh, special show for you tonight. Uh, my normal co-host, um, the venerable John Venerable, is unable to make it tonight here. But you do have Ed, a.k.a. E.J. Snyder, who spent some time with the Senior Bowl, is also one of our other SB Nation uh, podcast uh, family, I guess you could say. It's part of that. Uh, how are you doing tonight, E.J.? I'm having a great night. Um, busy doing wrap up from the Senior Bowl, uh, fresh off my first live week down there in Mobile, and it was tremendous. Learned a ton, met a ton of great people, saw a lot of good football players. Uh, for me, that's just hog heaven. <laughs> I think it's for a lot of our listeners and fans too. We have a pretty big draft focus that we have on our podcast, which it's been difficult for the Cardinals the last few years. A lot of first round picks have unfortunately had issues, but. Uh, the team, at least, is looking to hopefully rebound from a, uh, I believe it was a 5-10-1 season that they had this last year. Um, let's talk a bit about some of the biggest takeaways from this week, especially as we're talking about uh, with pick number eight. One of the players who seems to have risen up a little bit with Javon Kinlaw uh, ended up leaving a bit earlier than expected. Cardinals are looking for a defensive lineman, you'd assume, at some point, whether that's in free agency or the draft. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about that, but let's also talk about just open with your experience about visiting mobile, some of you know the sights and sounds, things you got to experience with, uh, you know, kind of the almost draft mecca, you could say at least of uh, the football universe for uh, for a week. Yeah, just to set the stage for your listeners, if they're not familiar with the Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl has been in Mobile uh, for almost every year of its existence. It started in 1950. First game was in Jacksonville, and ever since then, it's been in the exact same spot, which is Lad People's Stadium, just outside Mobile. And I hadn't been to Mobile before. It's a great small city, uh, incredibly friendly people. Jim Nagy, who's the director of the Senior Bowl, uh, former NFL scout, scouted for the Patriots and the Seahawks, among other teams has done a tremendous job and since taking over the last couple of years and really upping the senior bowls profile. And, um, really the whole reason I got to go is because of him. He has opened the doors to new media, quote unquote, new media. They put out the invite to us and said, Hey, is there anybody you want to send? Uh, my editor reached out to me and said, dude, you want a shot? And I said, hell yeah, I would love to go to the senior bowl. So fantastic city, fantastic hosts. Uh, it's a very busy week. There's lots to do uh, pretty much at all hours of the day from early morning to late at night. Some of it's social, some of it focused around the team activities, uh, but the staff there does a great job and just a tremendous opportunity. There's a thousand NFL people in town, plus um, agents, uh, media, uh, player trainers, you know, athletes first is there because all the guys they're prepping for the draft. Um, Saw Drew Rosenhaus and Nicole Lynn walking around every day. Uh, it's just, it is the hub for a week, and it really is the kickoff to the draft process. That's awesome. So let's talk a bit about some of the biggest risers and fallers at the Senior Bowl. I know a lot of people focused on a strong wide receiver group, as well as the fact that 
You got to see Justin Herbert show out. Um, you also got to see at least a lot of buzz around Jordan Love this week. What most Cardinals fans want this year is for a quarterback to excel and clarify themselves as being essentially worth of going a pick ahead of them at eight to hopefully have a better talent fall or see a potential trade-up opportunity. Uh, talk a little bit maybe about some of the QBs this week from what you saw, and do you think that uh, any of them showed out enough to be put in maybe that top five, top seven type of selection, and who would be other later round potential guys that could flash a little bit at least to, or at least won themselves some money, I guess you could say, this week in mobile? Yeah, absolutely. One earned, however you look at it. That is the the phrase that, that people use sure. is that guy earned himself some money this week. And quarterbacks, there were certainly cases that Herbert, I think, kind of held the line. Herbert was coming in as the consensus, probably three, depending on who you're talking to, or possibly two if people aren't satisfied with Tua's injury history. Um, but if they are, that Tua's healed. I think Herbert is a good, solid three. Throws the ball very well. Obviously, I'm familiar with him. I live in the Northwest. He plays at Oregon. Throws a great ball, threw a great ball all week, did everything else he needed to do because we all know that quarterbacks have more to do than just throw the ball. They have to relate to their teammates. They have to be that face of the franchise. He was excellent with the press and in interviews all week. Uh, definitely looked the part in every way and then had a pretty good uh, week and a day if you're talking about the game itself on the field. So Herbert's right up there and quarterback is always funny in the draft. It's always going to be inflated. Um, supply is never going to equal demand and that equals people being picked higher than they might typically. And that's going to be the case for a guy like Jordan Love out of Utah or Utah State. Uh, he threw the ball very well. Um, I think showed out quite well in that area. Some of the problems scouts have with Jordan Love is inconsistency. He's got good size. He's very athletic, can definitely add a running component. You guys uh, with the Cardinals know all about that with your current quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, nice to have two dimensions, but Love threw the ball very well. He threw the ball with power. He threw the ball with touch. His accuracy was pretty good, um, certainly better than some others on site, which always helps. Uh, it's, you know, play the field you're in. And uh, mm -hmm. Love won the day there. Certainly, I don't think surpassed Herbert throwing the ball because Herbert is an excellent thrower of the football. But Love did everything he needed to do. And it could very well vault him into top 10 overall contention, not because he's necessarily that good of a quarterback, but because quarterback are needed and somebody's going to buy in. It only takes one team. That's so very, down, very down true. the board, Anthony Gordon, Wazoo, um, a guy that some of your listeners might be familiar with if they follow the Pac-12, uh, played under Mike Leach at Washington State. I had some pretty high hopes for him. I think Gordon is Gardner Minshew light, and that's <laughs> not necessarily a good thing. Um, Gardner Minshew did really well until defenses figured him out, and then his lack of arm strength uh, played into some of his problems. Gordon showed some of those similar issues. Great timing, quick trigger, very accurate, but the ball just doesn't get there very quickly and um tuesday the first open practice it was very cold and quite windy you'd figure a quarterback from wazoo would be familiar with those conditions but his ball definitely fluttered especially into the wind and he's just not going to be able to drive it so being a scout for a team like the bears i'm looking at that and thinking hey uh late december on the lakeshore is anthony gordon going to be a viable option he didn't really look like that um he ran the offense very well he's pretty quick um, one of the other guys that showed a little bit was Steven Montez out of Colorado had a very mm. rough first day. 
but then came back and sort of stabilized the second day. Threw the ball with zip, threw the ball with accuracy. He's got good size. Um, I'm going to have to go back at Montez's tape and look a little bit deeper because uh, I liked what I saw on day two and day three. Um, didn't like so much what I saw on day one, but there's always sort of up and down. It's your first day with new teammates, first day in a new system, installs, coaches. There's just a lot going on. A lot of guys have rough first days. Montez kind of came back and righted the ship, so it definitely warrants a second look at his tape. Yeah, I think when you're talking about with the uh, this new offensive approach from Cliff Kingsbury, a lot of people are paid attention last year to Gardner Minshew coming out of the Mike Leach system especially to see if that would be a possible backup quarterback or a developmental prospect for the Cardinals. So Gordon will have some intrigue there. The one that I think a lot of people will have the biggest question marks about coming in overall, and some people even said he almost seems like he would only fit for a team like the Cardinals in a backup role would be a former Alabama and Oklahoma quarterback Jalen Hurts, who took over for Kyler Murray after this year, had a very productive start overall, was much, much more of a rushing threat, ironically, even than Murray with the amount of rushes that he did take off. And it seemed like a lot of the feedback overall, especially with a lot of the sacks from some of these edge players, which we'll be able to talk about their performance in the Senior Bowl. Uh, did Hertz stand out to show anything that would be more than what a lot of people are projecting him as? Maybe he's one of those guys who gets pushed up on a day two or three because of saying a lot of the right things or being able to show he has obviously showed a tremendous uh, ability in interviews and personality, but does he have kind of the physical ability to be able to make it in the NFL? Do you think as a starter, you're looking at more of a long-term backup type role for him? That's a great question. Hertz was a fascinating subject. He actually was in attendance at the opening press conference on Monday night that was held by Jim Nagy. Only two players were there. One was Javon Kinlaw, who you mentioned earlier. And the other was Jalen Hertz. Hertz is a a fascinating guy having gone to two major schools was at Alabama notably. And of course they went to Oklahoma was in the Heisman race, um, really improved as a passer over his years all the way through Alabama. And certainly when he got to Oklahoma question for him, I think coming in was probably accuracy and deep ball. He throws a very good short to medium ball. He's on time. He's very physical. Um, Accuracy is probably the biggest question with pro scouts. Nobody questions his physical ability, his leadership, uh, his ability to run the ball. Obviously, I think he had 29 rushes in a game this year at Oklahoma and pretty much took them on his back and won the game. So he's, he's capable of doing all that. He's a very confident young man. He's incredibly soft-spoken, which was a, was surprising to me. Um, and while that may not matter from a football sense, when you're going to be the face of a franchise, you asked about a starter or a backup I think it would be a stretch for Hertz to be sort of the face of the franchise and have that sort mm. of bright light thrust upon him. He didn't shy away from it. He's certainly not a shy guy, but he's very, very soft spoken and doesn't seem sort of demonstrative with that piece of personality on the field throws a very good short to medium ball uh, when he throws deep and he can throw deep. He connected and practice deep. Uh, more than a few times. It's not as pretty. He doesn't throw a tight spiral. And people say, well, why does that matter? It got there. Well, it doesn't matter until that ball gets into the wind. And the windows in the NFL are a lot tighter. And the ball has to get there on time and before the defender can reach it. Now, a guy like Herbert is whistling in a nice tight spiral 
from all different arm angles and and all levels of passes that's hard short flat passes to nice deep touch passes down the sideline when Hertz goes more than about 15 yards that ball starts to look a little bit different he can get it there it does get it on time he understands how it needs to get there but it is not what I would call a prototypical NFL throw so if he's going to be in a system you know an ideal would be like backing up uh, Lamar Jackson with the Ravens or Murray with the Falcon or with the Cardinals so that he can you know use his sort of multitude of gifts but if you're going to ask that guy to stand in the pocket throw it 30 to 35 times a game including deep I don't think that I could give him the stamp of approval for that right now yeah, and that'll be interesting to see with how Cliff Kingsbury's offense shifted from a kind of 10 personnel to more of the 12 personnel tight end type of offense, mostly out of necessity because the Cardinals this year kind of lacked a true deep threat. Kyler Murray was very efficient on deep throws, has that arm. They do want to stretch the field in Arizona. It'll be very interesting to see if they have that level of interest. But speaking of stretching the field, a lot of fans are looking at Cardinals for drafting a wide receiver potentially as high as number eight. There's a great group of the top three guys that you're looking at there with Jerry, Judy, C.D. Lamb, and uh, depending on some boards, um, being able to see the other Alabama speedster uh, right after him. What were some of the standouts that you saw at the Senior Bowl that would maybe obviously not be going at eighth overall? Most times it's a junior or an underclassman who is eligible who you'll see get taken that high with the potential, but what would be if the Cardinals are looking especially for um, some of their deep threat or even just an all-around possession guy because they drafted guys like Hakeem Butler and Andy Isabella this last year, ended up with a combined under 200 yards for both of those guys at second and fourth round picks. So you'd think that they would probably be looking to go to the well again at least sometime later in the draft if they don't go early enough. Who are some other names or faces that stood out at the wide receiver position this week? Because it seems like there was a lot of them. Yeah, that's a great call out, um, both for this class and the Senior Bowl. This class of wide receivers is, I, I think it's completely fair and not hyperbolic to call it historic. There is a ton of talent. It is the deepest position in the draft. And we're going to see some guys who are really special and different you named a couple of them jerry judy is one of them he is uh, tremendously physically talented but of all the three guys you named none of them were at the senior bowl and still we saw a tremendously strong group it was fascinating um jim Nagy said in his opening press conference that they self-scout as a unit they almost treat themselves as an nfl front office at the senior bowl they went back and look at who they got in last year's game and they said one of the positions that was really not as strong as it could be was wide receiver and we need to fix that with who we concentrate on this year and who we invite and they fixed it man they had an incredibly strong group of wide receivers this year and deep uh, and pretty much everything you were looking for is a very tall group. There's a very fast group is a very skilled group. The defensive backs had their hands full this week with both the North and the South group. But in terms of guys that showed out, Michael Pittman from USC looked very complete. He's a tall wide receiver, but he also showed some real quickness, great hands, some route running savvy. He's a complete wide receiver. He's going to make somebody eventually could even be a number one. Um, he's going to make somebody very happy this year that picks him as possibly even a two or a three. Um, another guy that showed out that I was very interested in seeing because I wasn't sure his game was really complete is Denzel Mims from Baylor. Now Mims is a big guy, uh, six, three, uh, two fifteen, very fast. 
wasn't sure about the rest of his game, showed great routes, showed good hands, routinely burned defensive backs, and looked every bit a starter in the NFL. Um, but it doesn't stop there. There's there's guys like Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty, which is a small school. That guy's 6'3", 220, right? The size just keeps going in this group. And um, little guys like uh, Prochet from SMU are great possession chain mover type if you're looking for that. I think Cardinals kind of got that as Isabel is a speed guy, but he can also serve that role. So there's just so much to choose from. The list goes on. There are very few wide receivers that mm-hmm. didn't look good um, this week. So if you're looking for a wide receiver in this year's draft, the good news is there's ones up high that have a ton of talent um, that weren't even at the senior bowl. There's a great second level of guys who are tall, fast, have good hands. And some of that talent is invariably going to be pushed down the board because there's just so many of them and not everybody sure. needs to pick a wide receiver. So you might get a guy in the third or fourth that typically would have gone in like the second and he's going to contribute right away. Yeah. Mims is, I think a guy, a lot of Cardinals fans have been wondering about if the team would choose to go with maybe a offensive lineman, a tackle, or if they had a defensive player they love that fell, then looking at addressing wide receiver later and potentially the second round is, you know, the team on the outside, at least outside of Fitzgerald and Kirk in the slot didn't have a good production from their outside receivers. Uh, two of the names I think that would stand out, I thought at least just from reading the recaps were KJ Hill out of Ohio State. Um, a lot of people loved Terry McLaurin, who was, I believe, also at the Senior Bowl last year. He ends up being underdrafted, and you see kind of a similar, um, almost uh, almost kind of identical type of performance a year later from K.J. Hill of dominating the Senior Bowl, showing they have all of the different steps of being able to just get open. And another name I believe that also seemed to show up was Van Jefferson out of Florida with some explosive releases, being able to have a lot of different moves to get separation um, you would always see him like those are two guys that seem like they're always open watching the senior bowl and the practices. Yeah, KJ Hill for sure um, uh, had some rough time catching the ball early on. But uh, the quote I heard about him from I think it was Brad Kelly uh, was he was always open. He he was always breaking off his guy with double moves. Uh, he had good separation, and I think he can probably concentrate very quick, very fast. I don't think he's quite as good as uh, McLaurin, but McLaurin, you're right, had absolutely vaulted onto the stage with his performance at the Senior Bowl, so it's interesting to see K.J. Hill do a similar thing. And Van Jefferson was a guy I hadn't seen a lot of out of Florida. Again, another big guy that moves very, very well, very quick steps, and showed um, a nice, well-rounded game, the ability to go up and high point the ball, the ability to run routes with precision, hold guys off physically, uh, make some room at the catch point. Yeah, they're just you could go through this wide receiver uh, list on either side, north or south, and just tick guys off and say, oh, I remember this play. Oh, I remember this. Oh, he had a great week. God, there's so many guys that had a really good week. There's very few that didn't have a great week and so much size, so much speed. It just Jim Nagy and his staff did a great job of bringing in guys who were very, very talented and look like they have the arrow pointing way up. No, that's awesome news to hear, especially as the uh, Senior Bowl seems to keep growing year in, year out. Um, I did mention that the Cardinals, as far as looking at offensive linemen or a tackle specifically, um, if they do decide to go at a receiver early, they'd probably be wanting to, at least in some case, address the offensive line later in the draft. They have currently a free agent in DJ Humphreys at the left tackle position. Um, we would expect that they'll try to re-sign or tag him. Uh, it's possible that maybe in 2021 will be the question if he's there versus 2020. 
but you also have other guys whose deals will be coming up. They could use help at right tackle. Uh, their right guard, J.R. Sweezy. Uh, they also have at least an offensive center is more interesting. I was going to ask about some of the centers because um, from what we've seen, at least Mason Cole's looked solid at center. He's also looked solid and even better, arguably, at guard. And he was a storyline throughout last year's senior bowl of having some struggle with snapping the football. Um, did you see anyone who stood out as far as with the center prospects? And then the two headliners also to touch on, I know, were Josh Jones, the offensive tackle. And then I believe also the LSU had a guard in Damian Lewis, at least. So Arizona's always historically had poor offensive line play since Dan Dierdorf left the team, it feels like, in the 70s. So what did you feel about the <laughs> offensive line play that you got to see overall at the Senior Bowl? Uh, it's, it's tough to roll it all into offensive line play. It's tough with a, with an event that's this big with this many different styles and types of offensive linemen and an event that goes for a week. Uh, so they have early practices, they have practices where they start to gel a little bit, which is classically what offensive line needs to play well. Then they have the game and, and again, an offensive system and coaches that they're sort of just getting used to can be very difficult or they can sort of show out. But I'm really glad that you asked about center. Uh, because one of the guys that caught my eye that I didn't have any familiarity with going in with was Keith Ishmael from San Diego State. Now, he's a center, uh, very active, very tough, looked a little bit smaller on the field, but measured out at a full 6'3 and 3'10. So as a center, that's good-sized, very, very Mm. tough guy, very, very smart guy, and a guy that I will definitely be going back and digging into some film on because – didn't have any familiarity going in. And I was like, I, I knew the helmet. I was like, who who the heck is that guy? And had a very good week, I think, as a center and a kind of a low-key, quiet week, but a good week. And the other guy was from LSU. You named um, Damian Lewis the guard. I thought he struggled more in the early days. Uh, mm-hmm. But his partner, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, at center had a great week that guy is a rock he looks I was about every... to say I, that was the name i was looking for was lloyd cushionberry because i was like yeah. trying to talk to some of the people there and they were like yeah this lsu center like ooh, he he was really good this year is what they're all saying yeah he was a rock he anchored against power uh he used his hands very well good punch countered mirrored um not so sure how he'll do in a in a very move based offense where you're asking him to say pull and get to the second level a lot but in terms of being able to anchor against NFL power you know d tackles that are 330 um use his hands be quick make the calls uh, he was tremendous he looked very very solid very very stable and that's what you want from that you really don't want interior pressure coming in the face of your quarterback and he looked like a guy that you could plug in and just kind of not worry about that for about eight years so cushionberry had a fantastic week josh jones you mentioned from houston yeah he's a tremendous physical specimen uh saw him in weigh-ins he is rocked at 310 pounds and on six seven i think um unbelievable physique again a little bit slower to start the week off but started stoning guys off the edge throughout the week and you kind of got the hype you could look at that rush and say oh okay that's what they're talking about that kind of ability um he'll just be better as he gets in with the team and and you know adapts their system goes through off-season activities and he he looks like he has real potential to be a starting tackle there's a couple other guys um andy heck who is a Seahawks lineman and a Bears lineman. Uh, His kid, Charlie, was there. Charlie played tackle at UNC. Um, 
Charlie is a very big dude, six eight, three fifteen, incredibly trim. Um, obviously a huge reach. He got his lunch handed to him uh on the first day by Alden Robinson, the Syracuse pass rusher who got into his chest. And I really wanted to look at the second day. It was more important for me what heck did on the second day. Okay, as a pros kid, as a as a kid that's obviously been in some high profile programs in, in high school and college, you know, does he know what he needs to do? I bet he does. He's going to go back. He's going to look at the tape and meetings, say what happened. He's going to come out and write the ship. And he did, he came out and had a much solid, much more solid second and third day. Again, he's got all the tools, the frame. I think he could be a good pro. Is he going to be a super high profile first round pick? I don't think so. Is he going to be a good solid kind of starting right tackle over time? I think he could be. So it's really interesting to watch guys like that and then guys with crazy physical potential who didn't have a great week were really up and down but you wonder if you know the right offensive line coach gets their gets that raw block of clay in their in their room can they turn those amazing physical gifts you know big wingspan and six seven and feet like crazy into something consistent yeah definitely i think that's what a lot of cardinals fans are hoping for after they finally seen some offensive line coherence um i I do want to talk about robinson because i know he was a a big storyline this week. But before we do, I want to just wrap up with the offensive side. The Cardinals this year are having a crazy type of offseason situation at the running back position because they have David Johnson, who started off about averaging maybe 50 yards a game on the ground, 50 yards through the air, making use of his receiving skills, gets hurt, comes back, and then he didn't reach 50 rushing yards or 50 receiving yards for the rest of the season. As a huge cap hit, the team will probably be trying to offload that. In addition to then seeing a lot of free agent running back now uh, from the Miami Dolphins, Kenyon Drake, who was pumping out, uh, I think he had a 200 yards slash two touchdown or four touchdown, I think, game. Um, hold on just a second here. I didn't add that one off on my phone. I'm looking on the article there in the background in case you heard that. Uh, so the Cardinals potentially have kind of door number one, door number two, and door number three. Whereas either they can find a way to re-sign Drake, move on from Johnson, and potentially look at a late running back to add to their room. Or you might be looking at the team having to still be saddled with David Johnson's contract, having to try to take a running back higher, or potentially even moving on from both guys and having to look at a running back even as high as the second round. So uh, talk about some of the backs that you saw. I know that we had um, Gordon during the senior bowl itself, at least, was a top performer along with Joshua Kelly was their leading rusher. I heard that Darius Anderson was also someone during the game itself that impressed. And then the last name, I think that was Antonio Gibson, was also pretty impressive and explosive. Uh, did you get anything else from the backs? And then Arizona State fans, since this is a Arizona team, we're always interested in Eno Benjamin, the Arizona State back, who was there. Talk a little bit about the backs before we kind of focus on the defensive side. Sure. Uh, backs are really interesting. Uh, running backs for those that don't follow me on Twitter, uh, is my personal draft candy. Uh, I save it to the end. Um, I, I usually do a, a two part, uh, we call it a draft stravaganza. We cut it up into two different episodes on bears over beers. I think we did 22 running backs last year. So, um, I love running back. I love watching the position. Senior bowl is a little bit tough. It doesn't, uh, it's not set up to really showcase what running backs can do. Um, just with the rules of contact and, and offensive line coherence being what it is or the lack thereof having them just learn, learning their blocking times during the week. It doesn't, uh, set itself up very well for a polished running game 
That being said, you can still see some guys flash some traits. You know, Benjamin, I don't think is any surprise that he's incredibly quick, really decisive, cuts through the hole pretty well, showed pretty good hands catching the ball out of the backfield. So he's always fun to watch. Um, you mentioned Gibson, Antonio Gibson. That guy is a guy that shows some real pop. And then you go back and look at the fact that he's 6'2", 220. He doesn't look like that on the field. He really doesn't. Uh, but that's a guy that definitely brings that element. If you're looking for a one-cut-and-go sort of an offense, almost a good classic zone read like the old Denver offense, he could really excel there because he's got the traits. You mentioned Josh Kelly from UCLA. I hadn't watched a lot of Josh Kelly. I'd certainly seen him playing against some Pac-12 defensive players that I've been looking at, but he never really stuck out to me. And I know a guy that works in the UCLA program. I I don't have many of those guys sprinkled around the country. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to my friend at UCLA and said, Hey, you know, Josh has had uh, a couple of really good practices at the senior bowl. What can you tell me about Josh? And, uh, Let's see. Where is it? He comes back and says the following. He says, Josh is the best kid ever. Could not vouch for his character more. Lights up every room he walks into. Was a walk-on transfer who fought his way from fifth string to paying his own way and paying his own way to all conference. He's a little limited athletically, has vertical burst, really doesn't make you miss in the open field, but is decisive and strong, willing in protection, which is huge for any mm. rookie running back. If you don't go in and stick your nose in to protect your quarterback, you're not going to make the field. So Josh had himself a really nice week, followed it up with a good game. I think he's one of those guys that if we're talking about the senior bowl, made himself some money. People are going to look at him a little higher up. But there's a lot out there. Jermichael Hasty from Baylor shows some real pop in limited opportunities in practice. Um, some people were uh, they compared his frame or not his frame, but his game to Dalvin Cook. He's not the same size, but he shows mm-hmm. some of that real explosion in his game. And people said, oh, there's a little Dalvin Cook in that guy. And, and I, I can't fault him. I think that's a pretty good comp for his ability. Not <laughs> Inside his zone size. all day. Inside zone all day. <laughs> exactly. Find find a slot and pop. Oh, wow. He got through that hole pretty quick. That's that's Jermichael Hasty. So, again, a wide range of talent there. Um Really interesting to see little guys, big guys, fast guys. Um, but again, not not a great showcase for backs' abilities. That's where you really go back to tape and say, okay, what did they do for three or four years in college? And and that's what I can sort of count on them being able to do. Yeah, especially when we're talking about a, uh, a time where we've seen a all of these running backs either go down or go hurt for the 49ers. And you see like a re- rushing record set with an undrafted free agent on essentially his third team. It just shows cases that the value of backs a lot of time is just having as many of them as you can find and not, you know, spending premium picks to acquire them. At least there's for every single, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you'll be able to take in that top player who's just completely dominates. You'll be able to find guys later rounds in the draft. Uh, let's talk about the defensive side, at least for the most part, the Cardinals have two main focuses, um, pass rush and linebacker. The two storylines I think we have to talk about is Bradley and I and Alton Robinson. They just got to the quarterback, two sacks for Robinson on the senior bowl Saturday. And then you're also talking about, and I showed off, uh, I believe three quarterback sacks he was in on, and two of them were on back-to-back plays. It was just super impressive. What were your thoughts on the pass rushers at the senior bowl this year? 
Edge is a, is a position that's not really thought of as loaded in this particular draft. Uh, I did focus on it. The Bears need another edge rusher as well. Um, they picked up their fifth-year option on Leonard Floyd, but they've got to get somebody else in the pipeline behind Mack and Floyd that can contribute. So I looked at Bradley and I. Had some questions about his tape, but one of the great things about Anai all week in practice is that he showcases a variety of moves that actually work. He's got three, maybe four moves that I could sort of go back to and say he used them all, he sprinkled them in, he rotated them, and that's like a pitcher in baseball. If you've got three or four pitches, the hitter just doesn't know what's coming. If you've got three or four good rushes, really keeps a tackle off balance. Now, his strength is speed rush around the edge with a good hard chop. Uh, he showed that that got him some pressure in the game, but he's also got a decent inside counter. He's got a spin that works some of the time. He's got a dip and rip. His arm over is not great, but he's got more rushes than most guys do coming out of college. And they're pretty polished. He obviously showed out in the game and scouts will count that right when the lights come on. Does a guy rise or fall? And Bradley and I definitely rose. Alton Robinson's close to my heart because I grew up near Syracuse. I always follow the Orangemen a little bit. Robinson is a guy who's tremendously physically talented, and when he puts it all together, he looks every bit the top sort of alpha pass rusher. The problem is he doesn't do that all the time. Um, in the game, he definitely had those moments, and in some practice, he in practice this week, he definitely lit it up two or three times. I talked about that good rush against Charlie Heck on the first day. He had more where he won. He typically wins with one or two moves as opposed to a guy like Anaya that has three or four. So he's going to have to develop a good hard inside counter and something else that works for him besides the speed to the outside with a kind of double hand slap, which is his signature. But um, if you see that guy, I saw him in the in the hotel uh, lobby when everybody was doing meetings, just in shorts and a T-shirt. He is built like a prototypical pass rusher. He has all the physical tools. It's just about him putting them together and then sort of widening his repertoire. No, that's fantastic. Uh, let's go over, I think, the as far as with the linebacking class for that as well, just because Cardinals fans this year, some are talking about how difficult it was to cover tight ends this year. Some of them have been looking at, you know, uh, improving their linebacking core at all costs. Hassan Reddick, he was a guy who blew up and had a fantastic week at the Senior Bowl. In a lot of cases, the Cardinals really um, do use that for a lot of their um, – a lot of kind of their scouting, which has been you know great to see for a lot of these guys to know that teams do take these performances seriously. Uh, he just hasn't panned out how they thought he moved around from being a defensive end in college to inside linebacker. They've moved him back outside to maybe a bit more of a natural position in rushing the passer, being a bit more on the outside, getting upfield. So they are going to be looking for an inside linebacker. What are some of your thoughts on the LBs that we got to see this week? And are there any perhaps in later rounds that would have some of that coverage skill to be able to uh, be able to hang around at least with some of these other bigger players, especially as Cardinals fans are there with uh, <laughs> you got to see the fantasy flow chart this year. Hey, you have a tight end who's playing the Cardinals, start them and you'll get at least, you know, about 50 yards and a touchdown or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, the linebacking talent is really interesting because you've got a, a variety of sort of what I'll call hybrid or new school linebackers who are almost big safeties that do specialize in coverage ability. One of the guys that stuck out that way uh, for me this week, at least in practice, a guy I got to talk to a couple of times, Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State. Um, mm. Yeah, it's the alma mater of Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL draft. I was about to say, analyst. it's like I recognize right. App State from that yep, specifically. App State. Yep, he was the quarterback at App State. He's gone on to um, 
superstardom in the draft community for sure. I got to meet him this week as well, but I got to see Davis Gaither play. He's a tall, rangy guy. He's got great instincts. Um, he's a little on the light side, but he broke up a pass on uh, day two across the middle, and I got to talk to him that day after practice, and I, I went up to him and said, hey, man, great play. Um, what did you see on that play? He talked about reading the tight end set, seeing that guy. As soon as he knew he had an outside release, he went right to the quarterback's eyes, and again, after that, it's just his athleticism to sort of float back to the middle, jump up and get his hand on that ball. He's got some basketball player to his inside game. Really interesting player. He did the same thing the next day on day three. Um, again, sort of dropping into not necessarily a spot zone, but knowing what his responsibility was, reading his keys, and then just being able to go up and get the ball. Um, first thing he said to me on day two, I said, nice play. He said, yeah, I wanted the pick. And I said, yeah, I understand that. But, you know, it was a good play. There's a guy out of Wisconsin, Zach Bond, who uh, people were trying to, again, one of the great things about the Senior Bowl week, again, live action against other players, which is really the only time they get to do that in the whole draft process, is trying to figure out what guys like Zach Bond from Wisconsin and Cam Brown really from Penn State really are. Are these guys inside guys? Are they Sam linebackers? Are they edge guys in disguise? Mm-hmm. Like, can, what can they do? What's their range? What's their versatility? And and both Cam Brown and Zach Bond showed some real flexibility. Zach especially has really light feet for a guy that played a little more heavier off the edge in Wisconsin. Showed some real skill in the middle, uh, some great quickness and di- diagnosing gaps. So. There's some interesting things there. And then a guy you might be a little bit more familiar with just geographically, Francis Bernard from Utah. Oh, played yeah. Played middle there. Very tough guy. Um, again, got to see him in the hotel lobby. He was actually coming out to meet with the Bears, which was just kind of handy for me. Um, but I swear that guy wears punter's pads. Because he doesn't look that big on the field. He looks just that big off the field in a T-shirt and shorts. He is really solidly built. Great speed, good toughness. Uh, Was voted the practice player of the week at linebacker on his squad. That was voted by the people he played against on Mm -hmm. the other squad. Um, very smart guy was the leader of the defense at Utah, getting guys lined up, did the same thing at the suit at the senior bowl was moving guys around pre-snap. Nope. Get there. Nope. Move your alignment outside. So physical, tough, smart, um, not quite as good against the pass just because of physical limitations as a guy like Akeem Davis Gaither, uh, or maybe even Cam Brown, but, uh, really interesting linebacker, tough, smart, fast, physical. Those are things that'll, that'll make you money as a linebacker. Awesome. Well, yeah, well, it, with being around with a lot of the, uh, you know, the NFL community, it means a lot of coaches, a lot of interactions. Um, did you end up getting a chance at all to see either Steve Keim or Cliff Kingsbury, who we know left the event, but they're one of the few GM coaching uh, duos that came together? And there's a lot of feelings Cardinals have on both where their GM has been as well as Cliff, but the two of them, at least for the most part, came in, took in a lot of the sight sounds and players and then kind of headed out to keep it work. Well, do you have any stories or anything, uh, interactions? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was funny. The entire senior world process is incredibly surreal. Uh, I was coming down the escalator uh, in the in the hotel that serves as the hub for the senior bowl. I had just gotten my credential um, right behind the credential table is Sirius XM doing their, you know, senior bowl podcast. And it's Jim Miller, who's a former Bears quarterback and Pat Kerwan. And you're like, oh, OK, coming down the escalator. And I look at a guy and I turn to the guy I was with and I said, is that is that Drew Rosenhaus? 
And he's like, yeah, sure is. It's like, <laughs> okay. And it just goes that way for the entire week. You're sitting down for breakfast in some little tiny breakfast spot. And sure enough, the, you know, the Bengals offensive line coach comes in and sits down or whatever. But the first day we walked into Lad People Stadium was Tuesday for practice. It was extremely cold. It was maybe 32 on the thermometer, but there was a good stiff, maybe 10 mile an hour breeze. It was clear and sunny. It was freezing. And we walked into the south end zone and there were only three people in the bleachers because it was pretty early. So we stood kind of near them, but not not next to them. They were maybe two rows in front of us down to the left a little bit. And so we're just kind of sitting there watching warm ups. And, and I looked mm-hmm. down and there's a notebook next to the guy and it says Arizona Cardinals. And I was like, oh, OK. And then there's this really cool like sublimated logo behind that that says Cliff Kingsbury. And I was like, man. What an egotistical thing for the Cardinals to put on their senior bowl notebooks, right? I know he's a coaching star, but that seems that seems pretty <laughs> high-headed, right? And everybody's all bundled up and whatever. And then I stand there for a couple minutes, I look over, and it's Kingsbury. I'm like, that's not somebody with a Cliff Kingsbury notebook. That's Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> yeah, and I look at the guy notebook. next to him. <laughs> yeah. And I look at the guy next to him, he's bald, and I'm like, that's Kime. Right? And I look at the guy next to him, and I'm like, that's Bidwell. So it's Bidwell, Kime, and Kingsbury, and us standing in the South Bleachers. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the entire brain trust of the Cardinals standing right here. And I'm just sort of, again, wondering what my life has become. And uh, Kime turns to Kingsbury and says, man, you know this thing's on TV, right? And we just all had a laugh about it because we're all <laughs> standing there freezing. And then on my flight out of Mobile Thursday night, I'm standing in line, little tiny plane from Mobile to Dallas-Fort Worth. And... I look at the guy in front of me, young guy, and he's got an outer box case and it's got a Cardinals logo on it. So I said, hey, man, did you have a good week? And he said, yeah, I had a pretty good week. And I said, what do you do for the Cardinals? He says, oh, I'm the video guy. I'm like the social video guy. I'm like, oh, okay, what'd you come down to do? And he's like, well, actually, I came down to shoot video of the the top brass, you know, kind of like that draft video we did inside the Cardinals thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I saw that. It was good. And he said, but I didn't get much because they left on day two. I said, that's really funny because I was standing next to Kingsbury and Kime in the bleachers. And I told him the whole story. He said, that's really funny because Kime told me the whole story. And then they left the next morning. Uh, so I was like, <laughs> that was that was the perfect epilogue. But yeah, it, you can't not at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you're walking down the sideline. You hear this big voice. You look over. It's Mike Tomlin. You're standing up in the seats. And, you know, um, Reggie McKenzie just walks by and says hi to Dave Gettleman right in front of you and then keeps going. And um, I was on that flight to, to Dallas-Fort Worth and I'd walked in and in the waiting room, like, there's Jason Garrett. Like, and he's talking to a guy, probably one of his former Cowboys coaches that's still employed by the Cowboys. And so he saw me and I saw him and I don't know Jason Gary. I just said, Hey coach. And, and he said, Hey, he was very pleasant, but I didn't want to interrupt his conversation. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. Jason Garrett's on my flight out of mobile. Right. Mm-hmm. We land in Dallas, Fort Worth. I'm a little pressed for time. Uh, we'd gotten in a little bit late. I had a tight connection and this big guy leans over from first class and says, Hey man, I need to get my, my bag out of your overhead. I said, okay. So I back up a little bit like you do. And he opens the overhead and he pulls the bag out and he looks kind of stiff and he stands up and it's Dan Marino. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, that's Dan Marino. Like he's standing right in front of me. And that's just how the whole week goes. And then he goes out and it's one of the little planes. So you get your bag and you do the you do your roll on check in and stand in the jetway and get your bag. So he walks out and, and Garrett's there and he looks up and he sees Marino. He's like, Hey man, what are you doing here? And they stand in line to get together to get their bags. And I'm just like, Oh, this is such an 
odd surreal experience but it's it's just like that so mm-hmm. saw lots of guys from the cardinals lots of guys from teams um agents trainers um hangers on folks that are looking for jobs uh as graduate assistants or um you know you name it there's just a full gamut of media coaches uh trainers agents it's it's just the whole smorgasbord of the nfl and it happens to drop down in this medium-sized city in alabama and hang out for a week and it's it's crazy and it's great and it's a lot of fun that's great well i appreciate you uh your time tonight at least for that one that's probably all the questions we had good to wrap it up with a little bit of the card stories that they had there uh, it's pretty expected. I'd think that Cliff Kingsbury, being a former college coach, is probably a little bit more familiar and one to get a bit more hands-on than some of the other guys who are there. But appreciate all of the info that you got to share. Uh, definitely agree. We'll want to have you back on later, at least if the opportunity ever does arrive again, for sure. Or if the Cardinals and Bears under, <laughs> ever end up seeing each other again, hopefully it will be a little bit uh, better than the last time for the Cardinals fans' aspects, although it did end up getting Sam Bradford officially out of a starting job. It's kind of how that ended up <laughs> happening the last time they played. And uh, it's just been interesting with what's gone on from there in the past couple of seasons. But, hey, thanks again so much. Take this time if you want to make sure you plug yourself at least. Uh, You said you have a couple extra, uh, obviously, takeaways and podcasts, it sounds like, coming up at least for that one. I know there will be some fans who will definitely want to be able to tune into some of those two for a bit more in-depth information. Absolutely. So you can find most of my work on Windy City Gridiron, which is the Bears site on SB Nation. Also have a podcast on their network, which is called Bears Over Beers. So if you are interested <laughs> in either Bears or the draft site or beers, because we have a beer every week and review that as well, check that out. You can find that anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Draftsman FB, as in football. That's where most of my stuff will be, and certainly links to all the great podcasts that I end up on, like this one. Can't thank you enough for the opportunity. It's really cool to be able to come on talk to fans and teams with other perspectives because as a draft guy you kind of have to know everybody's perspective and it, it does help you know the whole league so these are great opportunities can't thank you enough Oh, yeah, absolutely. Happy to have you on and have that coverage. It's always great to be able to hear. We try to get people at least who are there from some of the live uh, events every year as we can, since we can't obviously uh, get to everything or uh, get to all 32 teams, but we can at least try to get to some events like this where everyone is kind of all in one place. So thanks again for tuning in, everyone, to our podcast. Have a good one.